How good does this food sound, by the way? I know, it's making me hungry, yo. Seriously. <laughs> I'm seriously. <laughs> would love. Yo. Whenever I read this, my mouth was watering. Oh, okay. yeah, baby. Curds? Yeah. <laughs> and we're live slash pre-recorded. <laughs> What's up? Genesis What's up? 18. Do you mind if I do you mind if I get us rolling? Just do it, baby. <laughs> okay. Birth of Isaac promised. Now the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre while he was sitting at the tent door in the heat of the day when he lifted up his eyes and looked behold three men were standing opposite him and when he saw them he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the earth and said my lord if now i have found favor in your sight please do not pass your servant by Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will bring a piece of bread that you may refresh yourselves. After that, you may go on since you have visited your servant. And they said, so do as you have said. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, quickly, prepare three measures of fine flour Knead it and make bread cakes. Abraham also ran to the herd and took a tender and choice calf and gave it to the servant. And he hurried to prepare it. He took curds and milk and the calf which he had prepared and placed it before them. And he was standing by them under the tree as they ate. So we have a very interesting thing that happens here. Mm -hmm. We have the Lord appearing to Abraham while he was sitting at the tent door in the heat of the day. So it's hot. Yeah. We're, setting the we're setting the scenery here. And when Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, he saw three men standing opposite him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bow, and immediately bowed down to them. Yep. But he, well, he didn't bow down to them. He bowed himself to the earth, more specifically. Yeah. yeah. Then he has a conversation, saying, my Lord. So he has a conversation with the Lord and asks if he can do some things uh, for them. And then Abraham does exactly that. He does these things. Including yeah, basically think, getting a sorry. bunch of food, right? Getting a bunch of food yep. to to serve the food. Yeah. So I think, uh, I mean, I think it's interesting here that Abraham recognizes that God is visiting him, right? Um, and so I, I believe that based on what I see, I think this is, God and then two angels with him because it's, it's three men. And so I think, you know, one of them is God, the other two are, are angels. Uh, and, and that's revealed, I think by the end of the chapter. Yeah. And, um, 
you know, I see this chapter as having a theme of like hospitality. Um, and I'll start that now and we can, we can, it'll be relevant to, to bring that up later as to why, you know, kind of flesh that out a little more later. But so we see Abraham is, he's really, he gives a lot of attention to, like you said, right? Like getting the food. So he wants to be really hospitable, right? I mean, that that's his way of kind of serving God in this moment, right? Is, is being hospitable. Um, and, you know, so. How good does this, how good does this food sound, by the way? I know it's making me hungry, yo. Seriously, <laughs> I'm seriously. Yeah. Would love yeah. whenever I read this, my mouth was watering. Oh okay. yeah, baby. Curds. Yeah. Sign curds. me up. <laughs> yeah, I Just know. kidding. I, don't, I think curds. <laughs> I think like cottage cheese or something. Uh, yeah. But seriously, I mean, it's like bread. It's like but super th- good th- bread. This was fresh. This was super fresh, though. Hot, fresh, right bread out cakes. of the brick oven. Yep. Okay. Yep. Not only that, we got an amazing, fresh, tender, and choice calf. Mm-hmm. And water for their feet. Mm. I don't think I've ever been treated this nicely by anybody. Oh. Do you think that includes a foot massage, too? The foot washing? I don't know. It doesn't say it in the text, so we just have to speculate. <laughs> I would I would think that'd be great though. Yeah, um, I think so too. All right, let's um are we So basically at this I, point I he, no. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just asking if you wanted me to move on to verse nine, but go go uh, I, I want to hear your, your your recap. We leave this we leave off here. Abraham is standing by them. Under the tree as they eat. So they got a little shade action going on. They're eating and Abraham's just standing there. Then what happens? Go ahead, start. Verse 9. Yep. Verse 9. Then they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, they're in the tent. He said, I will surely return to you at this time next year. And behold, Sarah, your wife, will have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door, which was behind him. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. Sarah was past childbearing. Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I have become old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I indeed bear a child when I am so old? Is anything too difficult for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you at this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah denied it, however, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And he said, no, but you did laugh. Mm. So, um, yeah, we see Sarah kind of, uh, it appears maybe that Sarah doesn't have the same level of faith as Abraham does. Um, They both laughed, right? Right. So, so, so we saw that in the last chapter, right? That there was Abraham laughed, but maybe he laughed out of, wow, that's, you know, what? That's great. You know what? Yeah, that's great. Or I don't know. Uh, The point is uh, his laugh may have been a a laugh of joy. Hers is clearly a laugh of disbelief though. God is, God is upset with him. I mean, God is upset with Sarah clearly. Yeah. 
when she laughs. So it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't, a, it doesn't seem to be a similar laugh. <laughs> yeah. So, so one of the things I really like is anything too difficult for the Lord. And so I, I really like that verse. That's a, uh, that's a good application point for us. Um, not to say that every single prayer request we come up with is going to be granted the way we want it to, right? It's going to be granted. And, um, but it is to say that if we're following God and um, our desire and, and we make our des- like his desires, our desires, then we don't have to worry about what God's going to fulfill. Um, you know, I mean, cause he, he'd like, like nothing can hinder his will. And so, you know, we, we see this example, like I, I think I had mentioned before, um, in a past episode that we see the example of, uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth, um, the, the parents of John the Baptist, right. And the, the book of Luke who that goes into, um, that they're old and then have this, this child as, as like, you know, a, a miraculous type birth, right? Right. Um, not as miraculous as the birth of Christ, obviously, uh, but it's still um, it's, birth, it's a miracle. Yeah. Past. I mean, it's a birth in which the mothers are past the age of childbearing. <laughs> right. According to the biology. According to the biology. <laughs> according to the biology. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, yeah. So Sarah, you know, God tells Sarah, God tells Abraham that Sarah's going to have a child. Sarah laughs. God calls Sarah out. Basically said, you did laugh. Don't deny it. Let's move on to verse 16. Then the men rose up from there and looked down towards Sodom. And Abraham was walking with them to send them off. The Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Since Abraham will surely become a great and mighty nation, and in him all the nations of the earth will be blessed. For I have chosen him so that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the word of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice, so that the Lord may bring upon Abraham what he has spoken about him. And the Lord said, The outcry of Sodom and Gomorrah is indeed great, and their sin is exceedingly grave. I will go down now and see if they have done entirely according to its outcry, which has come to me. And if not, I will know. So, yeah, so good. Well, I was going to say, you know, Sodom is obviously, you know, they're, it appears that they're at a vantage point in which they can see the city below them. Mm. Sodom. And Abraham, they're all walking, it looks like, in that direction. Abraham's kind of wa- walking them off into, towards Sodom. And then God starts to have this conversation here and talks about the outcry of Sodom and how... Um, their sin is great in quite contrast to what Abraham is 
right? Abraham's, his, his people are going to be blessed, whereas Sodom, they're about to, looks like they're about to get a smackdown. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it's cool here how God, um, God, the, the, these people, so like this, Abraham is a servant of God, but God wants to in, like fill him in, right? Abraham, God communicates with Abraham. God, you know, includes him as far as information wise of, of what he's doing. And so, I don't know, I think that's really cool of God to do that because he didn't have to. <clears throat> so he wanted to give Abraham some, some kind of like a heads up before it happened, you know. And also we see here some more anthropomorphic language when in verse 21 when God is saying, I will go down now. Like, and, you know, and see if they have done entirely according to its outcry. So the point is God is sovereign and God already knew, right? right? But, but, but we, we have this language of, of just, I guess, it's kind of this idea that God, God's, God is moving toward them about to judge them. Agreed. So. All right, verse 22. Then the men turned away from there and went towards Sodom. While Abraham was still standing before the Lord, Abraham came near and said, Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are 50 righteous within the city. Will you indeed sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the 50 righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous and the wicked are treated alike. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth deal justly? So the Lord said, if I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare the whole place on their account. And Abraham replied, now behold, I have ventured to speak to the Lord, although I am but dust as ashes and ashes. Suppose the 50 righteous are lacking five. Will you destroy the whole city because of five? And he said, I will not destroy it. If I find 45 there, he spoke to him yet again and said, suppose 40 are found there. And he said, I will not do it on account of the 40. Then he said, oh, may the Lord not be angry and I shall speak. Suppose 30 are found there. And he said, I will not do it if I find 30 there. And he said, now behold, I have ventured to speak to the Lord. Suppose 20 are found there. And he said, I will not destroy it on account of the 20. Then he said, oh, may the Lord not be angry. And I shall speak only this once. Suppose 10 are found there. And he said, I will not destroy it on account of the 10. As soon as he had finished speaking to Abraham, the Lord departed and Abraham returned to his place. So very interesting chapter. Uh, Abraham is trying to talk God out of doing this judgment on Sodom. Um, and I really enjoy Abraham's neg negotiation here. And I don't know for sure, but it seems like that. So Abraham starts with, you know, maybe he feels like a good 
middle ground reasonable number with the 50. But I think that Abraham, um, I would assume that Abraham knows what a terrible city this is as well. And I think Abraham is worried about Lot, obviously. Lot lives there. Um, but I think that when Abraham says the 50 and then God's like, um, yeah, if there's 50 righteous, I won't destroy it. It's kind of like God obviously already knows how many righteous, if any, are there. And Abraham knows that God already knows. And so I think that it's like, well, if there are 50 righteous and I won't destroy it. So it's kind of like, well, there aren't going to be 50 righteous. So let me see if I can talk him down even more, you know? And so I, I think it's humorous how Abraham continues to kind of like negotiate with God. Um, and I think you see God's patience in this, right? Right. Like the creator of all existence is on his way to judge sin. And he entertains Abraham by with Abraham's negotiations, right? But I think it's really sad because we, we get down to this number of 10, right? So in the next chapter, we're going to be talking about the actual, you know, rescue with Lot and all that kind of stuff. Um, but the idea I see here is so you have Lot and his wife, right? And so the, that's two. Then I believe he has two daughters. Um, and so there's two. And then the daughter, at least one daughter has a fiance, I believe. I don't know if they both have fiances. But let's just say that they both had fiances. That's six people. So that just means all that would need is four more people in the entire city. So you have Lot and his family and just four additional people, four additional people to be righteous was what you've needed. And that doesn't exist in that city. It's that bad. Yeah. That's a pretty, uh, that's a pretty garbage city, I would say. Yeah. Um, Reminds me of a, a city we have kind of in the northeast Texas area. Uh, it's Gavage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, uh, I like it. No, no, we love we love all cities in Texas and yeah, around yeah. the world for that matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to all the cities in the world. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, one of the questions that I like that Abraham asked here in particular is shall not the judge of all the earth deal justly? I think that's a question that we can have quite a few times throughout our life. You know, uh, we'll see a situation in which justice doesn't feel like it's served. And I think what God's clearly saying here is, listen, don't worry about justice. I got this taken care of. And obviously, you know, the negotiation here is, hey, spare all these people and on the account of 10 righteous people. Well, like you said, 10 righteous people weren't found. Only uh, really, I, th I think God, what God's doing, he's pulling all the people out that actually ha show some, some level of righteousness. Um, in this case, and, you know, the question then becomes, you know, later on, you're going to see some, <laughs> you're going to see some pretty, um, tough terrible stuff, beha terrible behavior coming up. And, um, God clearly is gave, gave even people that weren't, are not even maybe that righteous, right? Maybe they had a little bit of righteousness in them, but God still saves just the 
the people that maybe has a little bit of righteousness in them. It's hard for me to say that the people that God pulls out of the city before he decimates it brings fire and brimstone on it. When you hear fire and brimstone, think like lava and fire. That's what I like to think yeah. about. Yeah, um, just these these fiery balls of ashes and just like yeah, like a volcano erupted and it's coming down. Boom. That, that's seriously how I that's how seriously how I view it. Yeah. So Yeah, I mean it'd be a bummer to be there. Right. And as you'll see coming up, it's like the six people. And obviously we're kind of skipping a lot skipping ahead a little bit here preemptively. But, mm-hmm. you know, God's going down to inspect this place himself. Gets spicy in this next chapter. Uh, gets yep. pretty spicy. So yep. tune in next week, a.k.a. just click on the next button on the thing. Yeah. And we're going to be digging in to see what happens next. Love it. Well, cool. Well, I'm excited for this next chapter. Appreciate y'all joining us um, and look forward to chapter 19. Talk to y'all soon.